everybody. Welcome to another episode of Friends Talking Nerdy. This is Tim Jowsma, and with me I have, as always, the holiest of holies. I have the Reverend Tracy. How are you doing? I, I'm doing pretty well this week. I, I had a funny moment with a stranger, Ah. And, and that just kind of put me in a better mood. I've been in a funk, but I'm happy that spring is here. I think everybody gets in a better mood when it's spring. And, uh, you know, my personal friends would have seen it. I was walking down the street, and I just hear somebody blaring with all of their windows down that Wilson Phillips song, the one that everybody oh. knows, because it might just be the only one, I guess, that They're was one a hit. hit. One yeah, hit. The, they are like, they are kind of the originator of the one-hit wonder. I mean, I'm sure that they're not actually, but it's just to me, yeah. if I think of a one-hit wonder, it is Hold On for One More Day <laughs> by Wilson Phillips. And it just kind of worked out where this person was turning a left at all the windows down. This cute little dog was looking at me. And we just noticed each other jamming out, and we got to just kind of look at each other and realize <laughs> this is our time to sing a duet with a stranger on the sidewalk. And it just was this really cool moment. And with as few variety of humans as I've been around for the last year, it you know me. I was a goon in downtown. I would practice singing while walking for when I did murder mystery. So I had a lot of funny interactions with strangers, and I guess I didn't realize how much I missed that until the other day. So um, I'm doing better. I'm happy about spring. What about you? I am doing good. Um, today, actually went out uh, school shopping. Um, you know, like I mentioned last week, I'm going back to school, and I think the big thing that I bought here that I wanted to wait until we actually started recording to show you. Pocketbook! <gasps> Yay, I've converted another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were at Staples um, on, on sale there. Um, it came with the pen. It is the core. That's all I need. Um, you know, for me, I'm going to primarily use it for math class more than anything. And um, I'm I, I'm pretty certain I'm not going to have, like, an archive that's going to be, uh, you know, opening up after I pass away. So I don't think I need to save my math notes or anything like that. Yeah. But it does make it great, like, especially if you're sharing notes with anybody in your class, like it helps straighten it up. And mm -hmm. then, uh, you know what, since you've gotten one, I don't remember if I gave either you or Aubrey this hot tip. Mm. We keep um, an index card, like a note card in ours. That way we can put our hand on it. So when we're writing, it doesn't accidentally smear. Like if we write down at the bottom and then we just, if you put that over it, it kind of helps a, a lot yeah. with the smearing. But gotcha. yeah, that's that's awesome that you wound up getting that. And I, <laughs> yeah, we, we went out and went out of our way to like, I think, Office Max. I, there's a few places that carry them and got Jared, my husband, his initial one. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, they, okay. they even have uh, they even have the moleskin ones. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, staples. Yeah, I did not get that one. But um, as we, the episode we are recording today is episode 150. We have made it to 150 episodes. I can't believe that. Ooh, I mean, I haven't, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have been the only constant here on the show here. But, um, you know, I, I mean, from all the way back to that uh, day at the Rialto where only one other person that ended up doing any time on the show showed up and that was only for five minutes, you know, which should have been a big eye opener at that particular time to, um, you know, to where we are today that, you know, I, you know, if you have been listening from day one, we thank you all very much. I mean, this show has definitely been unique in a lot of ways. You know? yeah. And I'm glad to be a part of it. I know we've mentioned for anybody that's listened for a minute, um, 
I, I helped name the show. I, I, <laughs> I still feel weird because I know Tim, like when I first came on, felt I felt like I was given more credit than I should have been given for things. <laughs> so it's, it's weird for me to try to talk about it. But um, I am glad that ultimately I, I got to kind of come full circle and still get to be involved, um, especially that it wound up during the pandemics. I think it's almost been kind of that a good source of normalcy for me because it's really given me a way to connect with one of my friends on the regular yeah. because with my background, sometimes <laughs> I get it in my head that people don't want to talk to me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just that you deal with with anxiety. It's just it's dumb things that keeps you, you know, from doing stuff. So it's been really cool to, to have this connection again with, you know, on the regular. It's been great. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, we did 150. I think we can do 150 more. I think we can do a lot more. So, uh, you know, here's to the future, everybody. Big glass yes. of water. There we go. And coffee. <laughs> so with that... We have some COVID relief, finally. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it only took, you know, like one year later. I could just see the SpongeBob caption. <laughs> yeah. Or, no, I mean, for me, it would be like the five years later caption from Avengers Endgame, how it came, like, real slow. That's how it would be uh, today. But, you know, thankfully, we have uh, some relief that will actually go to people who need it. Um, you know, I'm sure Jeff Bezos doesn't uh, need any more uh, tax credits or, you know, whatever. But um, people are actually finally going to get some money in their hands and hopefully um this on top of the fact that you know we have uh you know a nice supply of uh, vaccine stockpile and um the president stated that um he's uh telling the uh you know the governors that by may 1st he wants every available adult to have at least their first dose no later than may 1st so we are getting close to some level of normalcy even in portland here this friday we are, are adjusting to moderate risks so we have the ability to have in-home visits again you know maybe with a mask of course but yes. um, we have the ability to go to restaurants for indoor dining again um you know things like things like that so um i'm cautiously excited that hopefully it's coming at the right time to where you know with money in actual regular people's hands we can you know hopefully hopefully <laughs> dig our ways out out of this what do you think i mean <clears throat> i'm really excited uh, i want this to continue going in a direction where we can figure out whatever the new normal is going to look like when this is done yeah. um personally i'm just not in a rush to get back like i want to give them business we still try to give business to restaurants um i mean granted we're also saving because we're moving across the country right now so <laughs> our pocketbooks were already tight and then it really tightened down because as you know i haven't really been able to keep a job like in and that's like i've left them but it wasn't for bad reasons. Yeah. <laughs> like when you got OSHA being called, like before you ever started at the place, and then while you were started at the place, and the boss's response was, quit complaining to OSHA, you'd probably leave that job too when there's like a pandemic going on. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of the factory I worked in back in Michigan. You know, the day the FBI showed up at the yeah. factory to uh, go through files in the office, it's just like, yeah, I think I need to find a new job. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I, I would love to get back. I wouldn't mind, like, finding a job with humans, like, that I can talk to on a regular basis. You know, literally is awesome, and I still love if anybody's, I mean, granted, it'd be late to do that gig work or sign up now because we're coming up on 
summer break is going to be around the corner and they don't really add new transcriptionists. But I was really, really grateful to get to find that. Um, and then I'm just going to wait until I get a vaccine before I start wandering out. And even then, I'm probably still going to wear a mask, wash my hands a bunch, you know, just do my best not to spread it in case I end up just being one of those people that can carry it in, you know, asymptomatic. Yeah. I I don't know what the likelihood is because that was part of my concern early on. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> For me, um, you know, working briefly again at Best Buy during the pandemic and seeing how big box retailers have uh, been treating that. And then also just keeping my eyes open at the grocery store every time I go the past year. I think for at least a couple of years, it's going to be foolish not to go out in public with a mask, um, you know, and, and it's probably just healthier overall, too. Just like I, I think going forward too, like I, I'm, I, you know, like if I'm at work and I got a, I got the flu or, or, or the cold or something and I feel well enough to actually work or something like that, why wouldn't I put a mask on now? We've seen the yeah. dangers of, you know, just the, being flippant about uh, about personal health and we've got over 500,000 people dead now because of that yeah. and yeah we got I mean we got to be more responsible and you know we also got to take into account that we have a number of companies that could really give two shits about you know not only protecting their employees but protecting their customers like um, you know at Best Buy it, it was funny like I found out after I got hired that the week before I had um, my last interview they had five people get sick with COVID and oh they didn't gosh. mention it in the interview or anything like that. So imagine, but they're also not telling that to the customers or there's not a warning sign on the door. Like we've had some COVID outbreaks here, be very careful, you know, sanitizer and all that stuff. But, but I actually hope the mask wearing is something we can continue during cold and flu season. There are actually other cultures that it is super common to see masks during cold and flu season. Because um, they've had to deal with this. They've had to deal with pandemics and see the sense in, in mm -hmm. wearing them on a regular basis. Yeah, because they happen to have a history of dealing with, I guess, isn't it an epidemic if it's just local, right? So... But then, like, so as history progressed and more people travel more, that's where this became such a big deal. Whereas back in the day, like, when people weren't just, no, like, we don't realize how recent in history it is that most people can afford to take a flight. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? So they had a history of it where it really wrecked their country and they learned they learned like wow this season like people are snottier like not snottier just yeah. literally snot and snot carries a lot of stuff in it so when you're touching your nose and then you're touching the thing at the store they became very aware of it and that's why they have mask wearing so if you got a little bit of the sniffles you know and if you're in a country where you know say women are already covering their face due to either religion or tradition or whichever the reasons are, well, that's already also going to reduce spreading. I, yeah. I find it interesting that I got to learn a lot about that. And even I had watched um, Story of God. Uh, I've talked about that before on here. And going back and watching it again, like as I was still rewatching it, it's not on Netflix anymore, unfortunately. But as I rewatched some episodes during the pandemic, I had never noticed before that back when he recorded in 2016, 2017, I think it was in India, there are people wearing masks because he was there during cold and flu season. Yeah. So I don't know. I, and I don't care if people want to egg my car. I, I am probably going to just keep my masks because also like I got complimented on one of them today. They just kind of became a fashion accessory for me. I'm fine with it. So I, I might just keep my masks for cold and flu season, like forever. <laughs> yeah. And I, for me, yeah, I, I, you know, at least going out and, and, you know, 
once I, you know, complete school and, you know, get into workplace, depending on the type of workplace as well. I mean, like if I'm working in a big company or something, it, it just makes sense. I mean, and, and, and I'm 44 receding hairline. I shouldn't care what people think about me at this particular point. So if, <laughs> if I show up at work with a mask and nobody else does, and they want to say something, I'm going to be the healthy one. Fuck them. You know, um, one thing that is, cons- that, that just annoys me about all this is, is once again, conservatives like uh fox news especially like um i i guess one of the fox and friends hosts you know said i don't want to hear about the five hundred thousand people dying anymore why isn't joe biden offering praise for donald trump for for having the vaccine out and and just <laughs> what and and, and 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 i forgot to keep a copy of it but um i i guess trump put out a press release the other day um uh, you know, basically stating why doesn't why don't people you know praise me for um, you know br- you know bringing this virus about? But it, it was just written in the most petty fifth grader type of way. Um, if I find it, I'll put it up on the Facebook page. But I am just getting sick and damn tired of Republican conservative nonsense, such as the recent outrage against Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. I I love that that one meme that I shared. So it's in our Facebook group for those of you that are in there. And if you're not, feel free to join. We love having the nerddom in there. Um, But I had shared something that I'm going to paraphrase. I'm not going to go look it up. But it was uh, the headline of Pepe Le Pew. Like, here's why he's being canceled. We'll just call it what it is. He's being canceled. And somebody said, oh, thank God my children will be safe from Pepe Le Pew as I just watch my son choose to catch a hooker on fire in Grand Theft Auto in lieu of paying her. Like, like, <laughs> like I don't get where this fixes anything. I mean, granted, I haven't read too much into it. I'm just, you know how I am. I'm usually yeah. just, it showed up in my Google or I saw something being posted. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is what's happening in the world now. <laughs> Yeah, um, it started because of an op-ed piece in the New York Times. Um, a progressive uh, columnist wrote about his opinion of Pepe Le Pew, stating that Pepe Le Pew um, basically supports rape culture. And the article uh, went through his examples of why he felt um, Pepe Le Pew uh, did that. And um, that has raised uh, a firestorm. Now, one uh, thing that did come out news-wise is that the new Space Jam movie, which is uh, set to hit theaters and HBO Max uh, within a couple of months here, had a scene with Pepe Le Pew, but it was cut. However, it was cut in 2019, <laughs> you know, yet oh. the word is the word is coming out now and people are, are, are thinking uh, it has something to do with this recent column. And then James Woods, of all people, um, the same guy who in 2017 was um, uh, accused by numerous young ladies of of him being kind of predatory to them when they were teenagers, mm-hmm. uh, came out with uh, R.I.P. Pepe Le Pew picture, um, ha- you know, with like a birth and death, and you know he quickly deleted it. But it was just like, one, you should not have any sort of comment uh, when it when it comes to something like this, and two, it's it's conservatives love to take 
little things like this. They love to take like the Dr. Seuss thing last week, um, the news uh, that the Dr. Seuss estate uh, went and um, determined that some older books that were not on the list of popular books of Dr. Seuss works at all um, contained material that were not, is not appropriate for, t- for today's day and age. So they, so the Seuss estate decided to um, you know no longer publish those it happened it's happened before it's happened again I mean it will happen but you know conservatives once again cancel culture cancel culture and they want to give the 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 general public out there the ones that are locked in these news bubbles in certain parts of the country through no fault of their own for you know big corporations reasons the idea that you know progressives everywhere want to cancel absolutely everything and that is horseshit. Yeah, um, I don't know, because I, I get, you know, I'm one of those people, I just kind of feel like the far on either side is a little wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'd actually screenshot something to share that I feel is kind of on the other side. And I'm, I'm so curious your opinion on this. I, we, we, I didn't show this with you before, so it's a little bit live, so my bad. Mm-hmm. But cancel culture in 2020 is exactly what political correctness was in 1990. It's a thing conservatives made up so they can pretend they are speaking truth to power and fighting for free speech when they are actually just being awful people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, because like we've used the term like things being canceled and people being canceled. And that we've kind of seen some of that in our headlines where it's like somebody has one transgression and the whole of the Internet wants to go after them. Um, and it like that kind of attitude destroys people sometimes. Granted, it doesn't really phase most famous people. They have money and means to not give a shit about you. But you look at how much it can affect like the mental health of somebody um Oh, gosh, like you go back to the what was it? The Boston bombings where that security guard was blamed so hard and then it just kind of like really ruined his life. But so I don't know. It was an interesting thing that I read that I was like, see, and I know we're getting into some of the um, how memes are created and how they're phrased. Right. So there's also things about that that I didn't like. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I mean, I I thought of the example. Do you remember that woman who. I guess she worked in London and she made a tweet, uh, the tweet being, you know, I for work, I have to go to South Africa. I hope I don't get AIDS. You know, just poor taste. She put it out there. She had like a small follower count. You know, we're talking like just like 100 people or something like that. But some, sometimes it just takes one person t- retweeting it to the wrong person and, you know, a fire can erupt. And this woman, by the time she actually landed in South Africa, lost her job, you know, and... You know, this whole mess, you know, like kind of trans transpired, you know, the, from the moment she sent out that text to like there was like news headlines, you know, about it. And, you know, yeah, I mean, I well, I do have a problem, you know, with completely, you know, I, I'm not going to totally keep somebody from getting work again just for one transaction. We've discussed right. that before. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. But like the Pepe Le Pew thing, it's. It's it's one. He's not being canceled, even though I did go um, on HBO Max and their Looney Tunes hub. Um, they got some of the old uh, Looney Tunes cartoons on there. They only have two Pepe Le Pew cartoons on there now. Yeah, so I think they have taken yeah. some out. But um, to me, though, it's like we got to remember a couple of things. The Looney Tunes cartoons were not originally intended for kids for one. 
Um, you know, that's not to say that they were like risque, attended, you know, intended for adults only or anything like that. It was kind of a general audience deal. But think about some of the things you see in Looney Tunes cartoons, you know, like Happy Le Pew of all people. That one scene I talked about on episode 100 where he, you know, pretend to shoot himself just to get the female cat to go- come out of that soundproof box. And, you know, lucky for you, I missed. That was that's, you know, th- I, I, I this this frustrates me to no end just because it, it's instead of completely erasing something out of history we have a chance here to have a discussion i you know with pepe Le Pew, yes. he is definitely problematic you know i would be the first one to admit that but you know we also got to take into account that we are talking about a cartoon it's not it's, i mean it would be different if, if it was live action like um you know one one example i have um you know big mouth animated cartoon adults voicing kids and you know they make it work you take another show that's very similar and two characters from that show actually guested on um big mouth uh, the cafeteria girls pen 15 doesn't work for me just because you're seeing it in live action and it it, it is awkward you can get away with a lot of stuff in cartoon i mean think of south what if south park was live action that would never have lasted oh, never but we also go back to how like you and i were texting whenever we were kind of talking about the pepe Le Pew thing over messenger and it's like uh, i don't know like as somebody who is younger than you that experienced it when it was a little bit more geared towards kids. We will put it that way. Cause at least by the time I was watching it, it was definitely more geared towards kids watching it on like Saturday morning times. Mm-hmm. But I always thought Pepe Le Pew was ridiculous. Like to me, him being so hyperbolic, like taught me about that creepy level <laughs> of affection and how that can just that stalkery feeling. Like, ugh, I, I always knew that was not appropriate. Like I, I never took, the way that they portrayed it as a positive light. Yeah. And, and you got to remember kids aren't dumb. I mean, I, you know, when I saw uh, the Looney Tunes cartoons as a kid, I mean, I felt the same way. Somebody on Twitter kind of put it best about Pepe Le Pew. Pepe was the butt of the joke, you know, the fact that, you know, he was so confident despite failing as hard as he did. um, That's the joke that, you know, and, and you you got, you got to kind of keep that in mind. Um, But, you know, similar to like the Beastie Boys, the Beastie Boys, you know, when they released their first album, that first album, they were goofing on jock culture, but jock culture didn't get it. And they kind of embraced it. And, 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 you know, do I, do I think I, I mean, do I want to see that in in real life, of course, with Pepe Le Pew, but I don't think it's as big of a deal as the media has made it out to be. I think it's just, uh, you have things like this that just pop up that for whatever reason, just make people mad and make it to where they, they feel better by how dare they take away my Looney Tunes cartoons when no, they're not taking them away. I mean, the Pepe, it, it may not be on HBO Max now, but I'm sure if you go to iTunes, you can purchase it. There are DVDs out there with Pepe Le Pew that you can purchase the materials not being erased and they're another... not going all fahrenheit 451 on everything folks like they're not hunting it down and making you get rid of your copies they're not going to make it so anybody can't disperse it somehow like we are kind of in an age where it's kind of harder to really control alt delete something you can't so, look at well, the it... racist bugs bunny cartoons yeah. <laughs> i mean they were well, put into the public domain a long time ago one, one example that i have is like with gravity falls uh, when all the stuff, when, when Louis C.K. had his big falling out, um, he was in the last three episodes. And I personally really liked that he was in the last three episodes, the Weird Mageddon episodes of Gravity Falls, because they actually made the character look like him. It was a bald guy with a hand growing out of his head. And to me, Louis's voice was the 
perfect match for that. People can be mad if they want, but I liked it. So when I heard that when they were releasing the DVDs, that they had already, you know, Alex Hirsch, I think, like, voiced over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anywho, whoever it was that, like, runs, I think it is Alex Hirsch. Uh, but anyway, he he voiced over it and redid it, and they removed him from the credits. So what I did was I made sure I got a digital copy while I could easily still find it with the original. Yeah. Because of just how my personal feelings are. If you like it better that he got taken out, all power to you. I'm not going to skewer you for, like, wanting to buy the DVD set as it is. Um, or even that being your preference. But it's, yeah, it, it's not like somebody's knocking on my door saying, you better delete that shit. <laughs> yeah, and and I think one thing, too, I think uh, I brought it up, in, you know, when we texted about it earlier in the week. Um, I, I think people do need to be open to really inspecting, you know, the, the, the material that they have nostalgia for. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I brought it up on the show before the Dukes of Hazard. I loved that show growing up, but um, I can't honestly support that show now just because it's, it's, you know, you can't ignore something like the General Lee in that, you know, despite the fact that it is not a racist show per se, I, I, I get it and I, I can't support that. But just, uh, you know, what, when does nostalgia, when, when do we, I, how do I question this? It's like the, you can't let nostalgia kind of cloud you from the fact that something is problematic, like Gone with the Wind. Now, do I think, to your point, do I want something like Gone with the Wind erased? No. It is a great movie. It is an important movie. But, you know, I like what HBO Max has done with that in terms of having a warning at the front. Um, Turner Classic Movies, for instance, does have a TV show now, actually, to where they're showing these problematic movies, but also having, like, bumper discussions at, before and afterwards, mm-hmm. kind of having the conversation. And I think more than anything, what yeah, what I would like to see in this it, more than anything is let's have that conversation because, one, I don't think it's as big a deal as, as people are making out to be at all. You know, because I, I think any kid that has seen a Pepe the Pew cartoon, if they care, um, if they care, you know, um, oh, kind of yeah. get, get the joke. Um, but let's have that conversation. Let's, you know, par- parents, you know, fathers and mothers should be sitting down with their kids and, you know, saying, you know, just just something as simple as don't do what he does. You can laugh at him, oh, but he's yeah. so cool. Don't do what he does. Exactly. Like, rather than just deleting it, can we have a conversation? Like, let's talk about it. Granted, it goes back to, I thought he was the conversation. Like, in a sense, I thought that was kind of a weird way of, like, like I, again, I guess it's my perception, but I wasn't, like, a little boy or girl that sat there and went, all right, I'm taking notes for dating advice here. Yeah. Like, I, that wasn't my experience, but I can't say that that was nobody's experience either. So I ultimately they're going to decide to do what they want to do. I have no control over it, but the good news out there folks is if you really, if Pepe Le Pew is just your nostalgia (laughs) high, I bet you can find him. So knock yourselves out, I guess. He will be, it it will be out there. It will be out there now. Let's move on before I start getting more frustrated at like conservatives because fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) The royal family had some interesting news this week. Fill us in. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we're watching so much history go down lately. You know, we've got uh, two royals stepping down, and I I don't know when that's happened last, especially not in the public eye of, like, the media storm that picks up tweets and things like that. But 
I will let you know what caught my eye about the story. Because as I repeat at nauseum, I don't read all of the Google feeds. So I don't know all of the story of the royal family. But what caught my attention was something that came across that was shared um, where somebody had said, you know, Meghan Markle isn't going to see your comments, um, your negative comments about her speaking out about suicidal ideation and thinking of suicide. Because apparently she came out uh, in a talk with Oprah Mm-hmm. And started talking about some mental health issues she was dealing with. But anyway, so it's like, you know, you're she's probably not going to see that or care what you have to say, like Meghan Markle isn't. But your friends who have struggled with suicide and suicidal ideation will see that. So that made me go, what is going on with the royal family? Um, so I guess. Like I kind of just mentioned, um, they went on Oprah I, and, and she opened up about, you know, it getting really dark for her for a while. And it's really kind of neat about this, though, uh, aside from like, it's not neat that she went through that. Let me preface that big yeah. way. <laughs> but what is cool is there's evidence out there in some studies that when a celebrity opens up about their own mental health experiences and conditions, the the number of people who seek mental health support increases. And I love that I say that and I get goosebumps because <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, that's actually a good story. And that's more to my point of, I'm very open about mental health and this is why, like a lot of us struggle with stuff, Yeah. but so it's, it's nice that she's come out and talked about this horrible that she had to go through it, that it may be. Um, but I guess like following the interview, they're already seeing like way more headlines discussing depression and, and suicide, suicidal ideation, things like that. And, uh, but yeah, so personally, I'm not following the story really any more than I would otherwise. I did find a really cool Healthline article that, that kind of summed up about these studies and the evidence, like, hey, headlines are soaring. Right. The other thing that I think is interesting, because we do know that they're kind of coming out about why they wanted to separate from the royal family. Uh-huh. And I know that, um, it, <sighs> Again, you go back to a celebrity opening up about mental health at all. In a way, they're also opening up about a toxic family environment and kind of hitting that limit when you realize you need to go. And I have had some interesting uh, conversations with some of my followers on my more my mental health Instagram um, that I've actually gone back and forth. Like, but how do you cut off a toxic person that's in your family? Uh, how do you remove from that? Like, if it's really bad for your mental health, like, how do you do it? I was like, well, it sucks, but you got to make some choices. So. Yeah. It's interesting, and I think it's going to be, especially if anybody else picks up on that theme of they're actually leaving a really toxic environment, I'm wondering if this could kind of spring that into action of realizing this weird, like, well, they're your blood, and therefore you have to stay bonded to them, like there's some invisible umbilicus that, like, keeps you connected your whole life. Um, But maybe we can get rid of that. Maybe we can, I mean, I'm not saying don't be loyal or good to your family, but if they're really toxic and bad for you mentally... There is a point where maybe you should self-assess and be like, hey, you guys are going to do you. We're going to go do us not here. And it's interesting to watch it all play out. Yeah. I mean, British royal family, it's probably uh, up there on the list of, you know, doing my taxes in terms of subjects that I'm really interested about. Um, You know, because on the one hand... Uh, you know, as just a regular nine to five type of guy, just, you know, s- seeing absolutely rich people, you know, come and talk about how how rough life can be. I get why people can can get cynical about that, because like uh, Princess Diana, like uh, when when she was alive, of course, I mean, she in interviews kind of detailed some of that as well. So 
I, I get I get why why people can can be cynical because you know you have this this image in in your head of their you know in absolute lavish luxury what could go wrong in their life but you're not in their shoes you don't know the struggles they have to go through and yeah. um you know i know a little bit about um you know because i so aubrey likes to watch documentaries a lot and um we did watch one about a british document uh, uh, the british monarchy as it currently is and it's it's kind of like a business you know because <laughs> a lot of a lot of uh, what that what they do is just kind of they have properties they own they have businesses they they run and it just a lot of it is you know it's i wouldn't want that life because they're they're always on the move so i you know it's the 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 ones who moved to uh los angeles you know good for them if if they're if doing what they're do, if they're doing that makes them happy good for them it sounds like that you know in terms of their future they got uh some like production deals in place so they're going to be good there but you know also to your point I think people like me who do have this the cynicism when it comes to hearing this do need to have a little empathy because yeah it, it is important to talk about um you know it, it is important to talk about the mental your mental health so that it's you can get it treated you know i mean yeah. as, as a typical guy myself i've you know had the bad habit of you know wanting to de handle things on my own and you know it's 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 not healthy it's it's you know sometimes you can sometimes you know sometimes you do have that inner strength to do it based on whatever but you know it's not it's not a bad thing to ask for help and if this does uh, give people that little extra push to get the help they need then a good thing was done yeah so i guess the tag out there would be if you're struggling with mental health guys there's <laughs> a lot of resources out there help find me and shoot me a message on Facebook Messenger if you want to talk to somebody. Uh, I have offered that. I've wound up with some very interesting conversations because of the content I post mm -hmm. on There Is Life After Trauma. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's also, like, online counseling, which is a lot cheaper than it used to be, especially because of, like, the pandemic and a lot of places having to go virtual. So, yeah. in a weird way, it's opened it up. And, you know, there's even a suicide hotline now that they've opened up. So, the, the kind of an interesting point just to put to the side if you if you do have the doubts because of the rich and the lavishness mental illness does not give a shit how much money is in your bank account and if you have been dealing with what sounds like a lot of very negative messages that made her doubt her value for however many years she's been in this family uh -huh. that stuff takes a toll so uh, all the money in the world doesn't save you um, especially if there's like a shame to go and get help, because could you imagine even if she was struggling with that stuff and like wanted to go get help, how much that would probably be shut down. It's kind of like, you know, there is a level of AA that really it is closed lipped because they are higher end people. Right. Um, you know, so yeah, just mental health awareness guys it's it's cool to see it let's not dog people you're not the man in the arena so if you don't know for a fact that somebody hasn't struggled with something like maybe don't make fun of them just gonna throw that idea out there and if unless you're in their head or their psychologist you don't know that it's not real so handle people gently Speaking of that, I think that is an excellent segue to uh, bring up uh, last week's uh, season finale of WandaVision. 
Um, great show. Um, and I'll, I'll be brief about this because, uh, you know, this is uh, the show is something that I think uh, is best seen watch. You don't need to hear me talk about it. It's a great show to watch. But um, absolutely none of the predictions that I had came true. Um, you know, and, and but but having said that, it, the, the show still had a satisfying ending. Um, which I absolutely loved about it, and and um, you you of all people actually had had a had a meme that you posted on um, the the our, our uh, Facebook page uh, about um, about the show, and it was very spot on. The big bad villain in this show wasn't Doctor Doom, it wasn't Mephisto, it wasn't Agatha Harkness, it was grief. Um, because in this story, um, the, the whole the, the WandaVision takes place uh, in the Marvel timeline just a couple of weeks after Avengers Endgame. And you got to remember, in, in, in Infinity Wars, uh, Wanda was snapped, so she was gone for five years. And when she was snapped, she was holding Vision's dead body in her hands. She wakes up five years later and then, you know, it's still dealing with this, still dealing with the loss of a loved one and just really, really well done show. And um, I'm glad Marvel actually decided to do something a little odd and quirky. I mean, the first three episodes are literally just sitcoms, you know, starring Wanda and Vision. It's just like it's it's bizarre, but it makes sense. And and um, yeah, I, I can't I cannot recommend it enough. Um, but the beauty of this for me is is just the, what I love about these movies is that because the source material is the comics, it allows fans the the it allows fans the the chance to kind of speculate as to what you know the future could could potentially hold. And for me, that's a lot of a lot of the fun. You know, you know, watching like YouTube videos of you know uh, rumors on what this could of this could happen or this could happen. It's fun. I love that speculation. Just if there is somebody that's listening to this that is upset that the WandaVision finale didn't go the way they wanted, please reflect on the fact that we got one hell of an awesome show after one year of being without Marvel. I mean, you know, they got lucky with the pandemic too because like if they started going with the original release schedule as they wanted, I mean, there very well could have been some talk of fatigue, you know, just lots of Marvel material coming all at once. So, I was excited, and you can watch, but but you can also go to, uh, watch the replay of our live video on our YouTube page and watch me get slowly di- slowly disappointed over the course of of that hour as as my theories did not uh, did not come to pass. So anyway, anyway, <laughs> it happens. I know, but I, I still had fun. It's a great show. It's a great show. Now let's talk about our big topic of the week. What is that? So something I wanted to talk about just a little bit on that realm of some of the mental health stuff that we've kind of been on a kick lately and letting me nerd out about it because like I've been very obvious I'm a big nut about mental health psychology is I wanted to talk about this concept of gaslighting and particularly how I feel like see I'm using I feel statements just just so that we're aware I am expressing opinions when I speak to you but um <laughs> I feel like we are kind of gaslighting each other online and that it is generally putting us all in a, such a state and I wanted to talk a little bit about gaslighting and uh, my feelings on where I'm seeing it in memes and just open up a discussion on how we talk to each other too um and how just casually some kind of semi-controlling verbiage has just wound up in our everyday um 
Yeah. So, and I mean, it even goes to kind of like the meme that I just shared a little bit ago. Uh, but to go back, uh, first of all, I guess, what is gaslighting? So if you mm -hmm. look up what gaslighting is, um, the formal definition is that it's a form of psychological manipulation in which a person or a group, so, you know, cults kind of sometimes, you know, gaslight people, covertly sows seeds of doubt in a targeted individual or group of people. And <laughs> makes them, you know, <laughs> making them question their own memory, perception, or judgment. Yeah. And this actually, uh, I had this wrong. I thought it came from some movies that were made in the 40s, but they actually originated from a British play in the 30s that is about a man who gaslights his wife into like basically thinking she's going insane, but he does it by a number of, of, of uh, ways. Like he actually changes stuff. And there was something having to do with like a, a gaslight that he hmm. changes. And that's why the movie was called or the play was called Gaslight. And the movies were then called Gaslight. And he had like physically changed this to mess with her. Um, I think where we really know it now, because gaslighting's kind of taken on this broader sense where it's um, very verbal. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about it a lot. Like there's some top examples that have a, the common theme and I'll, I'm going to go through a few examples, but it's basically a statement made with the confidence of being factual, um, oftentimes phrased in absolutes. <laughs> I threw that in quotes because I'm one of those people. I try really hard to stray from absolutes uh, just because always is and nevers rarely pan out. Right. Um, Cause yeah, you'll, you'll usually find an exception somewhere. But when either statement has no way of being proven, basically. So stating things at fact, and either it is a lie or it can't be proven. Uh, so the harsher examples that I think we're aware of, because I think where we talk about gaslighting a lot right now is in the romance world. Um, you know, just that idea of being with somebody that's very manipulative, uh, mm. you know, that kind of tears you down. Like some of the popular ones are, no one will ever love you but me. Or you made me do this or you're too sensitive. And those seem really obvious, right? Like you instantly reacted to that. So cool. We're obvious. <laughs> so now I'm going to bring it down just a little bit. So another one dating world again, because I feel mm -hmm. like that's the romance spectrum is where people are really concerned with this term the most. Um, I'm not cheating. You're just paranoid. And so we get into, like, where you can break that down is, well, I mean, also, honestly, somebody could say, like, I'm really not cheating, you're being paranoid. But it does depend on if the person saying it is actually lying about, you know, the activity they've been accused of, um, you know. So that's actually, honestly, a little bit more ambiguous. But it's stuff that you see a lot. Like, if he's ever said, you're just paranoid, it means he's cheating, yeah, and, and to your point, that's an absolute, and yeah, no. Yeah, so the red flag there is an absolute. And now I want to go to the most innocent of all gaslighting, and being somebody who has worked with children, I've seen a lot in this realm. When a parent tells their kid, you're not hungry, you just ate. <laughs> so what's funny about that is, is it's still telling another person what they are feeling when that human has no way of actually knowing how they feel. Granted, super innocent, right? Like, I feel like most of us would hear that and think nothing of it. But it's still interesting because if you think about it from the child's perspective that might actually be hungry, being told you're not is kind of, like, you can kind of see, like, where that kind of could do something sometimes, right? Like, 
Especially if that parent is the type that tells their kid what they like and don't like, which again, I feel like I've seen it a little bit. Like it's, I'm not saying like everybody's damaging their child. I just wanted to give a a more innocent example of gaslighting as a parenting tactic. (laughs) So uh, yeah, right. There's a range of it to be said. There is. Yeah. I mean, from, you know, innocent-ish to very much intentional uh, negative. Now, the movie, uh, the play that you brought up um, was made into a movie and, um, you know, similar to, uh, you know, other things. They made a radio version of that on Monday on our our podcast uh, channel, the Friends Talking Nerdy Radio Theater will present Gaslight. Yes, so do enjoy that. Sorry if I forgot to pause for that earlier. I was just like, <laughs> no, man, no, I want to no, make no, sure no. we get into this. But yeah, uh, so we'll have that up too. And I, I might actually listen to it. I haven't seen the play. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know it from a background, um, just from looking up an interest in gaslighting. Just uh, <laughs> you know, just I, I, yeah, it was more I, in my own journey of trying to understand our world and why people do certain things. Um, I learned about it that way, so I might actually listen to it. (laughs) But I guess uh, I wanted to explain that background just to kind of get to, I guess, what I was talking about with how we're doing it to each other Mm -hmm. on the Internet, right? Uh, A lot of why gaslighting works is that it's the ability to state things as the fact, like you're presenting them as a fact, like with kind of that confidence, right? And I think... Part of what's going on is because of apps like Canva and like even just being able to throw out, throw together something like paint where you can just create a meme. Um, There is something about making it into that formalized form that is automatically going to make that message a little bit more like formal to people. It's not just like we've been used to seeing like, oh, they Twittered about this thing and they just wrote it versus, oh, they're sharing this picture that somebody made. It gives you a weird sense of officialness to it. Right. Um, but yeah, so and I guess I'm going to go back to the dating relationships again where I've seen a lot of these memes. So, for example, it's... It, it's interesting because it's like, depending on whether you're going into a relationship, a behavior is totally awesome versus like when you're going through a breakup and they'll pitch the same behavior as being like the worst thing on the planet. Um, for example, well, like being very affectionate, right? So you'll have tons talk about how great it has a partner to be very loving and affectionate. And it's such a great sign. And, you know, we've recently talked about, new relationship energy, otherwise known as NRE, uh, and covering that topic, it honestly makes a lot of sense that romantic energy is high in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then whenever you kind of get on the, you know, you're looking up the hashtags for more like, you know, bad breakups, leaving bad relationships, you'll see it referred to as love bombing, um, which is, I guess, something that manipulative people do. Uh, it gives an implication that, you ending up with an asshole that broke your heart is your fault for not reading the signs from the beginning. Does that make sense? Like, you know, the manipulative person love bombs you from the beginning. And, but again, you're getting into those absolutes with these memes because is it always a good thing when they're super affectionate? No. Is it always a good thing when they're not super affectionate? No. Uh, Was that always a sign that the relationship was going to be bad? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, it's it's people change, circumstances change. 
Um, and just, you know, the more comfortable people get around each other. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 the NRE feeling does kind of, you know, like a, like a tide go down. And, you know, at that point, you know, yeah, you're not necessarily going to be as affectionate with somebody as, as you were from uh, day one, but you can't judge. Yeah. That's it's, why would you judge like year four in a relationship based on how it was in year one? Right. You can't. People are ever evolving and changing. The whole you've changed. It's like, cool, oh, yeah. Like I don't know many people that are honestly a hundred percent the same. Yeah. And I know there was there was one that I shared with you, like a meme that I feel like really just kind of it's another good example, right? Of of the post breakup. It's a little bit bitter. It's got some stank. So if somebody else is going through a breakup, they're just gonna eat this up. Um, but it says after a breakup. The loyal one stays single and deals with the damage until healed. The other one is already in another relationship. So, again, you're taking, like, kind of trying to say that, well, because if they've moved on faster than you, that's bad. They didn't deal with their stuff. But really, that person has no idea if that person's actually dealt with their stuff. Everybody's, like, response and ability to process something is a little bit different, and it's super situational to what they have in their life. Do they have a lot of friends? Do they have mm. a great social network where they can actually, like, work things out? Or maybe they've been unpacking this relationship falling apart for a while now and kind of knew how it was going. Like, And I get it. There are also the serial monogamists that are always chasing that high and again, I just I don't know how much I dig seeing um, the haterade. I guess uh, I love that term, like because I don't know maybe I miss Gatorade, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it's partially this level of mixed messaging that's like really had a gnarly effect. And particularly as we talk about, you know, I wanted to bring up the relationship ones as an example because I think most people like when they're either getting spun up into a new relationship or they're ending one that they feel is now really bad. It's something that I felt most people could relate to seeing are the memes of the really awesome and the really low. Yeah. And I mean, those memes too, just, I mean, they, they make me upset just thinking about them. Cause it's like, uh, it, it, it could condition a, a person to look for a bad sign and it, and, and the bad sign they see may not be the other person doing a bad sign. It could just be, they're living their life. It could be a misunderstanding. I mean, like similar to um, what we're going to discuss uh, in our Big Mouth episode for our Patreon this coming Tuesday. Um, you know, for the last episode episode of Big Mouth, like Lola and Jay had a problem. Yet were they talking to each other about it? No, they were talking to everybody else. But and and yeah, not healthy, not healthy. When we shouldn't be yeah. focusing on looking for signs of breakup, we should be. You know, ultimately, you need to be focusing on you know enabling communication, enabling trust. You know, properly talking because if you're properly talking, it could just be a simple matter of I notice you're not affectionate lately. Yes, I've been busy. I've been doing A, B, and C. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, basically, like, that's really all it takes. But I, I think because of how much that is such a relatable topic, my humble opinion on it is that this might be feeding into the culture of X hate that we have. Like, think about it. Like, and like you'd said, you know, we're going to talk about that. I, I definitely was going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, so any of our fans out there that aren't on the Patreon route, we are talking about the final episode of Big Mouth. So if you've seen that, you're probably somewhat aware of some of like the kind of like 
toxic friend moments or toxic outside voice moments that can mean well but give you kind of bad ideas right like yeah and it's not even toxic like uh in in the example you brought up you know too if you are telling your side of things to a friend you are giving your side of things to a friend and your friend may not necessarily know the other person even if they do, if they're your friend, they're going to sympathize with you and only see things based on what you're telling them. That's not helping. Yeah, no, it really isn't. Like, as, as much as, like, oh, man, I get I get the sincerity of wanting to be there for your friend. Be like, he's such an asshole. Like, it's so, I'm so glad you left him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I because I I've had that happen to me. Like, when I divorced my, my ex-husband, because I was married one time before, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like the things people tried to convince me of, and like, I don't even think they realized that's what they were doing, but they were like, you know what, he just, he sucks, and he doesn't know what he has, I'm like, no, he doesn't, he doesn't suck, he's actually a really nice guy, and it just, I, it sucks that we couldn't talk about things and figure them out but he doesn't suck. He actually met my now husband like back when we were dating and we were roommates for a year afterwards. I love people telling me that that was weird. So like, <laughs> that's so weird. I'm like, no, it's not. You think it's weird. It's, it's really just life. Yeah. Um, it was how it worked out. We didn't want to be jerks. We didn't want to have to find new roommates. So we just decided that that was fine for us. And that was our situation. Um, and just yeah. because it's weird doesn't mean it is wrong. That is actually something that should be encouraged and praised, you know, two exes getting to a point to where they can have that, where they can have that conversation that, you know, they are, you know, they can no longer do things in a relationship side of things. So they have to do that split doesn't mean things have to end, you know, you can still be friends. You can, it's, it's, it's like an end of a romantic relationship is not an end of a relationship. It's yeah. just, you're not kissing him anymore. That's it. You know? Exactly. Because, like, it goes back, one of my, my favorite reasons that I don't really hate a lot of my exes, like, really hardly any of them. There's only, like, two that I've never talked to, and they were pretty, you know, when you file a restraining order against somebody, some might say you don't want to talk to them anymore. So, like, that guy, sure. no. But, like, yeah. for the most part... <laughs> For the most part, people just don't work out because they don't work out together. It's kind of like if you take two chemicals that are totally fine, like on their own, and mix them together, it can be bad. Like it turns out sometimes people can be that way too. And I I wish that was more of what we encouraged of, oh, well, you know, you guys not working out, like, isn't a bad reflection on you, human that I am friends with. And like you can support that person without sinking to the it's got to be hate. But quick psychological note and then i i know you're wanting to say something so i'll I'll stop but people do bond in the negative so if you understand that you can understand like yeah it's easy to go to that and think that's what your friend needs is for you to trash that other person when i don't know i just think there's better ways to help friends unpack things than going super negative and making them feel like they basically should have known like I, I think that's the yeah. accidental thing or we accidentally rewrite history for them and convince them that it must have always been bad because if it was good it would have lasted right right so uh, yeah that, that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean for me I mean the, I, I think of the movie the odd couple the odd couple for me um, and the play is eye-opening in a lot of ways if you really take the time to sit back and think about it. And I, um, the reason I, I keep coming back to that is this. Um, in that play and in the movie, Felix Unger is splitting with his wife and his friend Oscar 
says, hey, you're down on your luck. You live with me until you get back on your feet. And then they found out when they were living together that they weren't compatible in terms of living together and hijinks ensued. And, you know, the, they ended up having a little argument. Felix ended up leaving. But the but the beauty of that film is that it showed that at the end, Oscar and Felix were still friends. Um, people need to one not rush things in relationships um because what i you know i've i've found uh, what i've found through trial and error is that uh you know relationships tend to essentially work themselves out if you're not trying to plan you know 50 steps ahead um things will just naturally occur and it will feel right at that particular time if you're not forcing it and you come to that realization that you know things need to change whether it's in a romantic sense or let's say you have a friend and you're doing something with different but finding out that you don't want to work with them in that way you know you have that conversation and and talk 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 communication is key if you're not communicating try it <laughs> you know yeah. it can solve so many of, of your problems a lot of you know the issues i've gone through the past few years have directly contributed to not communicating so communication soup's important but yeah. it takes me back to something back when i used to listen to savage Lovecast that Dan Savage said that he kind of wished that he would see um, like the straight community adopt is kind of some of the attitude that the LGBTQ like has, because mm -hmm. the way he said it, it really resonated with me is because that community is so much smaller. If they did that, if they just, they couldn't end relationships, they just had to torch them. Like he said, like I see straight people do a lot is they, they don't end relationships. They torch them. Yeah. Um, if you did that in that community, you would have no friends. So, and it even goes to like small towns and stuff too. Like that would also lean to that. But it's something that like, man, when I heard that, I was like, yeah, like I, I kind of wish we could get away from this whole like torching it. And then, um, it, it, yeah, it goes, the, the last part that I wanted to go into, I guess, is like self gaslighting. Like, by the way, guys, yeah. you can gaslight yourself. You um, can. You Tell can. us how. It's kind of like that whole, I think I've talked before about how you can fake it until you make it sometimes, like with, with certain things, like you can kind of get a little bit, um, it's neuroplasticity, right? There, there's the good side of it and the bad side. So there's improving your self-talk to improve your attitude about yourself is awesome. But if your self-talk is also bad, or if you're starting to repeat like, oh man, my friends said that there were signs that this was always bad you can rewrite your own history. Yeah. So I guess to me, because of that, because you can take those statements from other people and then repeat them to yourself. Um, that's why I wanted to go into maybe some tips and tricks of things that I feel have kept me. Like, I, I feel like I'm sensitive to the gaslight statements now. So I wanted to friendly share, like maybe how we can consider um, dissecting things. All right. But, let's go through that list. So understanding how to dissect statements it goes back to, again, I think I've kind of mentioned this concept before. If you read something that elicits a strong emotional response, like a headline in the newspaper, <laughs> <laughs> or if it's even like a thought that's originating in your own brain, take a second, reread or rethink it. See if you can find the gaslightiness about it. Is this something that I actually agree with? Or is this an opinion that I can release from my brain? Does it have any of those like always or never statements? Um, I also am a big fan of, 
I can research it too. Like you're totally allowed to go to the internet. We have these awesome, like I, I call it my stunt brain. You know, you've got a cell phone in your pocket. Like if you ever have a question on a thought or an opinion, you can look up a second opinion, like with almost little to no effort. Um, Cause the unfortunate <laughs> thing about meme makers is that they may actually just be sharing, they may actually also be sharing something useful, but our culture is just so out of practice of citing materials that you don't know. So if it honestly sounds like something that resonates with you, I don't know, take a second, go see if you can find something on like psychology today or Healthline is I guess kind of a decent one. They try to fact check, um, you know, those sources that you've already maybe vetted out for yourself, mm -hmm. right? Like you don't have to take like whatever is being screamed at your face and be like, oh, I believe this now. And I'm not saying anybody's really that impressionable because the idea with gaslighting is when it's over time, right? right? Like it's repeated over and over in those themes. Um, one little, in my humble opinion, slash warning, slash piece of advice thing, almost anyone can call themselves a life coach and make a page. So just because it's saying that it's, you know, this life coach is putting it in, now granted, some of the favorite people I follow are, are life coaches. Yeah. But when you check it against that whole idea that you can get a second opinion at the touch of your fingertips. Like I, I've moved on confidently with the ones that I have decided to follow. And again, you can kind of pinpoint like, are they using absolutes? Is this like obviously an opinion that can't be proven? Like you can kind of check those things and just become a little bit less susceptible to it. Mm -hmm. um, not implying all or any group of human or profession is unreliable or untrustworthy but more just to remember that just because they have a title doesn't mean that they're actually speaking from knowledge or proper authority on the meme that you are absorbing. If you want to hear a perfect example of gaslighting, and I don't recommend doing this on a consistent basis, but the Alex Jones show, my goodness, like, the, like his big thing is like Democrats, like will eat your babies. They eat their feces. He said this, they'll eat their feces. They'll, they'll drink the blood from babies and all that. But how can we work with them? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh! Yeah, just, see, that's how, that's so overt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how can uh, it's like the, 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 uh, gaslighting in, in in the political uh, news realm, you know, is 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 rampant on both sides. I'm you know I'm gonna say state that for a fact. I mean, MSNBC oh, yeah. for is is very much as guilty uh, as Fox. It's just they don't have as big a reach, you know. But yeah. you know, constantly. It's, you know, saying that your political rivals are all evil because they don't agree with you. No, that's not how it works. See, because there's that, there's that all, right? There's all, always, you need to, you should. Like, those are very definite and commanding statements. And we do it all the time. <clears throat> like, even in Innocent Water Cooler Talk. Mm -hmm. uh, last innocent example, and then this is it for me. So this is how it just happens very conversationally. And this goes into how casual we've made it. Um, when you go to listen to this later in editing, because you're awesome and you do all that and I touch none of it, <laughs> you said, like, you need to at one point in there. And great, I'm not perfect about it. I like yeah. I, Basically, it's hard to train out because it's so ingrained in our, our verbiage. So one of my favorite examples of this, uh, while at work, Back when I worked at my tech industry job, uh, you know, somebody talking about a show that they want to see, right? And it's like, hey, a blah, 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 Game of Thrones. And the Reverend Tracy says, I've never seen Game of Thrones. So friend says, you need to watch Game of Thrones. 
me being sensitive to being told what I need to do. <laughs> so it's kind of funny because I've noticed like that, honestly, now that I can't unhear those yeah. things. And I do, I do like, and I know I'm not perfect. It's something that I have legit, I, I've said to my own stepkids, you should do this and then apologize because, Hey, like, I don't really like how I was trying to ask you to do that. Can I like ask better? Cause you know, they're learning too, right? They're little sponges. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> nowadays what I do when I hear that. So if somebody tells you, you need to do something or you should do something or whatever, you are allowed to respond with fact. And my fact was, you need to watch the show. And I said, I don't need to watch it. <laughs> There's nothing about my body that will give out if I don't watch it. There's nothing about my life that will end if I choose to pass on Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just kind of funny. And then you notice, like, the more that you do that with your friend group, you might notice that they stop making those statements towards you because I did very much notice that like in the work environment. Cause mm -hmm. I, you know, there's right. There's two ways to handle that. There's, you can either be, well, let me tell you how you are trying to gaslight me right now. Or <laughs> you can just yeah. counter it with like, actually, I don't need to do the thing you just told me I needed to do things like that. So if yeah. I, I would not advise being a corrector person. Uh, if you don't like being corrected, I, I wouldn't go correction route personally. But yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you notice that you've got a controlling friend in your life, like going away from the innocent things, right? Uh, you need to break up with this person. You need to try this diet. You should really do Weight Watchers. And it's like, well, I mean, I don't really have to or need to or should do any of those things. You're allowed to say no in a very like kind of polite and factual way. Yep. Well, all right. Anything else on gaslighting you want to discuss? No, unless you had any interesting quirks or questions or opinions, thoughts. Oh, man. Um, I have no thoughts on me. I mean, a really good discussion there. <laughs> really good discussion there. I got a bit of a headache coming on, so... Oh, I have that effect on people. So. No, it is not that. <laughs> it is not that, I swear. Um, but, um, yeah, no, it, really good talk there. So um, thank you again for uh, bringing that up here. Thank you all for listening. Uh, once again, be sure, to, be sure to tune into our regular podcast feed on Monday where we are going to have Gaslight, uh, the old-time radio show version of Gaslight on Tuesday on Patreon uh, will be our last review of season four of Big Mouth. Um, the, you know, episode ten. We're gonna we're gonna get that in the books uh, Wednesday on our regular podcast feed. Will be one an earlier episode of uh, Big Mouth review, and then we will see you all here next Saturday. Your cat's behind you. Sorry, oh, <laughs> cat with a cone. <laughs> oh, Sherman forgot to get forgot to give an update here. He's oh yeah yeah he may actually come up here in a moment but he's um he initially had an issue with his paw we got that fixed but um uh aubrey and, and the vet were concerned that he was over grooming his belly so he's had to wear that cone and he's got about one more week of cone usage and he's just been absolutely miserable <laughs> um, the only thing that's worked is that we you know like when he hops up on the couch um he likes it when you scratch his neck just yeah, yeah i mean it, it, it's but but like i i find myself doing it for like 20 minutes and he'll just non-stop and his head will move around and then he'll also start licking the cone you know as you're scratching him so 
he's miserable right now, but we're we're trying our best to uh, keep him entertained. We got some windows open right now. We did find too the type of cone that he has is it's not a, like a plastic one. Um, so, it, but what he's doing is like when he's drinking, he's getting you know getting it wet, and then when he's done eating and drinking, he's like, I gotta go to the bathroom goes to the litter box and some of the litter is kind of collecting on the cone so we have to keep him out of the bedroom <laughs> <laughs> poor baby yeah when beans had her cone it was like the legit satellite dish cone of shame and she'd just like lay on the floor and stare angrily just like into nothingness i'm like it'll be over soon i'm sorry <laughs> yeah that's that's his spot right there um but it's been funny too seeing uh phil kind of you know walking around you know i'm the dominant male uh what are you doing today sherman i'm going to get you and it's something it's it, like what's up loser <laughs> and i just walk by <laughs> well the first day i think i mentioned it on the show before the first day he had the cone um we put him on the bed and phil was lying on the bed he saw sherman and then his face like lit up uh phil's face when he sees like a toy or something to play with it's just like wow you know and just started swinging at sherman's belly and sherman was just like stop man i'm sorry stop. for who <laughs> stop picking on me yeah yeah but um they're doing good he's just uh, a little miserable right now but we're doing our best to keep him happy poor baby well i guess we can wrap it up with a with a little talk about the cat i just i couldn't help it i'm like a little bit add like oh kitty <laughs> bright color no so. <laughs> all right yeah well thank you again for listening folks um be, be sure to uh check our uh show description because you're going to see our link tree link there you click on that you'll be able to um find out everywhere you can uh, listen to the show uh where you can find us on, sh- on social media and by the time you hear this you're going to have information about our sister show a uh, member of the friends talking nerdy podcast network um the their voices podcast so um definitely give them a shout out so anything else you want to bring up no, I'm done talking. This has been another soapbox <laughs> by the Reverend Tracy. I hope I have converted you to use your words kindly, especially with your friends. Fuck yeah. All right. On that note, we will see you all next week. Thank you all for listening. Deuces. Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling.